All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. As we approach the end of another year, it's happening. I made it. You guys made it. If you can hear this, you made it. We made it. We're almost, we're almost at the finish line of another year. Now what? Now what? Now I guess we'll, we'll just see what happens with the next one collectively. Today on the show, I talked to Eric McFadden. Now, this guy is kind of interesting because I knew this kid when we were, he's only a couple of years younger than me, and we grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I used to see him hanging around the area I used to hang around in when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I'm talking high school, I, I must have met Eric when I was in high school. He's this little guy, was running around, sometimes he had a guitar you know, on a strap, no case, walking around. And he was a guitar guy. But I guess I met him, I must have been 16 or 17. He was probably 15. I don't, maybe we cleared up in the conversation. I don't remember. But at that time, when I was in high school, when I was 15, I used to be a shift manager at a place called the Posh Bagel across the street from the University of New Mexico when Yale Park was there. Yale Park was the park on Central, Route 66, Next door to the Posh Bagel was a place called the Guitar Shop that had this weird kind of custom, rustic, but modern wooden front and had all these characters who worked in there. And I used to just sort of run around the block. I mean, not run. I mean, I there, the general store was around the corner, which was a head shop. Budget Tapes and Records was on one side uh, and the Guitar Shop was on the other side. Uh, Natural Sound was down the street. There was a Dairy Queen. The Frontier was up the street. The Living Batch Bookstore was up the street. It was sort of my world. I was very excited to be this high school kid working in the college area with college kids, you know, and and kind of living that life. Like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, beyond my years type of deal. But they, I did have a nickname that was given to me by one of the guys who worked at the guitar shop. Not a great nickname, but uh, this guy, Mike, Mike Wright, who Eric and I talk about, Start calling me Bagel Boy. He was kind of a dick. He probably still is a dick. I don't know. We we discussed the possibilities of that. I think he's still in the racket, in the music racket. But he used to, I think he used to be in a band called Flyer uh, that I used to go see play high school dances. But anyway, this whole conversation, I ran into Eric years later, and I heard about Eric from Dino. And uh, he's been playing guitar uh, as a solo act in bands with with George Clinton's P-Funk All-Stars. He played behind Eric Burden Band later. He was in a band called Stockholm Syndrome. He's in a band now with uh, Kate Vargas. Sergeant Splendor is the new project. But, you know, he he and I have been in and out of touch a bit, just texting, and I knew he wanted to, to be on the show, but I had to get up to speed on where he was at, and finally it happened. So this episode is is one of those episodes where we're kind of reliving our childhood in Albuquerque around the area that we grew up in, which was a haven for music and arts. I mean, University of New Mexico had one of the preeminent um, photography departments, art history departments. There just felt like there was a lot going on and there was a lot of people involved, but you know, it could have been just the fact that I was a young guy in, in high school who had this opportunity of being in this world of adults and art and creativity that was really above my understanding, but I wanted to be immersed in it. So I don't know if it was necessarily top tier, 
but it certainly felt that way. But 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 actually, New Mexico had a lot of top tier artists, a lot of top tier uh, photographers. Certainly, Gus Blaisdell, the guy who ran the Living Back Bookstore, was a top tier cultural critic and philosophy professor, art professor, film professor. I mean, there was shit going on, and it was really what created my brain was hanging around, was really hanging around the university, starting at the Posh Bagel and then kind of moving through those worlds. And Eric was there as well, uh, doing music. And we were not, we were a couple of years apart, so we weren't really hanging around each other, but he holds a, a, a prominent place in my memory. So it was kind of exciting to catch up with him. And that's going to happen. You're going to hear it happen in real time in a way. It was real time for us. Obviously, we recorded it before, but you'll hear it happening as it did in real time for us. I guess I haven't really talked to you since the holidays. I hope you had some good holidays. I went to New Mexico. A few things happened that I didn't think would happen on either side of the trip. Uh, actually, it was all fairly surprising, emotionally and otherwise. So I went out there last Thursday because I recorded this stuff for you guys that you heard on Monday with Courtney on the Thursday, and Kit was supposed to go to uh, Chicago. And I was like, you're, you're not going to get out. And if you do, it's going to be horrible. Uh, it's, it's just not going to be fun. And I just, I was helping her get to Chicago. And I said, just come to New Mexico and hang out with me and my family. So that's what ended up happening, which was great. We had a great time. It was much better than uh, certainly just me being there alone because it's so much more interesting and, and sort of fun to, to be in the position to be nostalgic by showing somebody uh, somebody else, somebody you're involved with, your, your, your past uh, through geographical locations and stories. And she met, you know, my dad and my dad's wife and uh, her whole family and my friend Dave. And it just made the trips so much nicer. And we had, we had really a pretty, pretty great time. And I didn't know what it was going to be like with my dad as his, uh, his situation mentally, you know, he's got the, uh, the dementia a bit. So I I don't know what I'm walking into, but I got to be honest with you, you know, despite the fact that his wife deals with whatever horrors this particular ailment brings, when I see him for the couple of days I'm there, I guess a lot of his energy goes into showing up for it. And, uh, and it was it was good. He was he was present. He was engaged. Uh, he he was uh, he had memories of things, and he, he still knows me. It's really the day of short term stuff is going, but all the other stuff is intact. And if you ask him about medicine, it's it's right there. If you ask him about people he hates, it's right there. <laughs> uh, resentments still still uh, full of energy, and uh, it was quite it was quite nice. And I you know I just thank God. Or whatever it is that I may thank in the present here uh, for his wife, Rosie, for for taking care of this man and uh, being there for him. But it was kind of, uh, I don't know, the more I see them, the more, you know, my heart opens a bit more. And uh, I'm just, uh, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, a responsibility. I feel like I want to uh, to spend whatever time I can with my old man. Uh, while he still remembers me, because I had him laughing, man. I was busting his balls hard, and that's a that's his favorite entertainment is me mocking him right to his face, and uh, it's certainly how I learned how to do. It's certainly what inspired me to do the craft that I now earn a living with. 
And uh, not unlike many Christmases before, we go to his wife Rosie's family's house and there's the whole big family. She had like 13 or 14 brothers and sisters. There's still like seven alive and their kids and grandkids and, you know, just a ton of food, red chili, red chili. And it was good. It was fun. There was a gift uh, game, the swapping the gifts and the, I forget what it's called. I don't have a, uh, you know, it's, you bring a gift and then you get open one and then somebody can take it and then you get, I don't know what it is, but we did it with their whole family. And there was some, uh, some prayers, some Jesusness. And I got to be honest with you, I don't mind the Jesusness. I hadn't seen her son Martin in a while. And I don't think I'd ever met his wife or his kids. Uh, his, uh, my dad's wife, Rosie, has a son a little younger than me. And though we come from different points of view, it was all Christmas and all nice and it was all very human. And I'm glad that my father has this amazing family uh, that uh, that really uh, cares for him and respects him and loves him. It's all it gets more touching maybe as I'm getting older and starting to drift a bit myself. But uh, but yeah, I don't mind the uh, the Jesus. Uh, It's uh, it's a it's a comforting groove. Sometimes to hear a prayer here and there. I'm not saying I'm all in. I'm not saying I'm shopping around for something to uh, hang my hopes on or my soul. But uh, didn't mind it. The uh, the Son of God essence about. And I lit the Hanukkah candles with my father. And he remembered the prayer. All very nice. It was all very nice. And then I came home and here was the miracle. Here's some fucking miracle, man. I flew out of Burbank nonstop. There's only like one or two nonstops from Albuquerque to Burbank and back. And so coming back on Monday, I had a seven o'clock reservation at night because it was the only nonstop to Burbank outside of like five in the morning uh, on Southwest. And for some reason, I'm like, I decided the day before, two days before, I was like, fuck it. You know, Kit was on American and she was flying out at 1030. And I thought like, well, I guess I'm into LAX nonstop. But I thought like, well, I'll just see you later. And then I thought like, fuck it, man. What am I going to do for seven hours? I'm done here. Why don't I just switch planes? So I got onto her plane and I kept the Southwest ticket until I got to the airport. Until I was on the plane, on the American flight, back home. Uh, then I canceled my, my Southwest reservation. I got home and later that afternoon, my Southwest flight had been canceled. Like every other Southwest flight, I would have been in Albuquerque overnight and trying to get out, probably renting a car and driving home. Who the fuck knows? But it was one of those rare things where I just didn't want to stay in town for another seven hours. The thought of it was so daunting and and something I did not want to do badly enough that I changed my flight, willing to take the hit for the ticket. But it turns out it was fully refundable and they canceled the fucking flight anyways. You know, every once in a while that shit in life happens where you're like, oh yeah, man. Hell yeah. That lucked out, dodged a fucking bullet. Right? So listen, Eric McFadden is here. Uh, you can go to ericmcfadden.com for tickets and info to his upcoming performances. You can tune in to his live stream uh, that he has there every Monday, live from the Red Couch with Kate Vargas. And this is me catching up with a guy who I kind of grew up with, or at least we grew up on the same few blocks. I got a million pedals over there. You can oh, yeah. have some. 
<laughs> People were sending me pedals, but I don't even know how to use them. I just now, I'm fucking 59 years old, and I've been playing the same pentatonic blues shit my whole life, and I just now do, started the open G thing. Hey, see? It's, it's never too world. late to fucking do it, <laughs> learn a new trick. That's the fifth thing. That's pretty fucking the fifth good. Thing, I got out of the four things I know how to do. Now I got that. Do you yeah. play with open G? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I like it. I you like do? It. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't start doing that shit until... Uh, you know, way later either. But really? Out of necessity. I remember it was embarrassing because sometimes you have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I know a pretty good amount of stuff on the guitar. I made a living out of it. I played <laughs> yeah. with this guy and that yeah. guy. And then one day, somebody right. stumps you. And then right. I remember, you know, Keb Mo. Yeah. So Keb Mo. I've talked to him. Yeah, he's great. We're, we're, we're friends. We've yeah. been friends a while. You know, we... Yeah. Uh, one day he's in playing in New Orleans. Like, yeah. Come sit in. I'm like, all right. He says, pick up that. And it's like it's an open G. You just play some. Songs. I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, I don't. Play. I don't. I've never played it. <laughs> yeah, open G. So he really fucked me up because he's playing like uh, those blues. Those slide blues thing. Yeah, right. Like all that muddy shit's open G. <laughs> yeah. So how'd that go that first time with you? It was it was horrifying because I I had no idea what to do. So I had to get up there and pretend I knew what was going on and just find the notes on the oh, guitar really? in it, front that, of people. That's yeah. that was your first open G experience. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! You didn't. You, you weren't. Well, that's pretty bold to not be like. Oh, let me just tune it regular. Is that all right? Can I just tune it? Yeah, I don't think it was time. I think it was just like you just get. Okay. We're like on the stage. Where was that? New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. And you were just kind of hanging out watching him. Yeah. Well, we would. We had gotten beignets or something, oh, right. and then went to you know, his gig. Yeah. Yeah. But you like. I mean, like I'm trying to think. Like the last time I actually saw you as in the human flesh. Like I hear from you occasionally, and I remember Dean brought you up. I'm like, I know that kid, but I know that kid. Like I remember that kid when he was a kid. <laughs> like I can't. Like I'm trying to think. The last time I saw you is like Frontier Restaurant, Albuquerque, <laughs> New Mexico, and you said you were playing guitar, and I, you know, I didn't really believe it, and I because I remember. And then he started wearing the the Hendrix headband. You were oh, running yeah. around. That's you right. must have been like 16. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And running around with your fro and your Hendrix the, the, headband. The headband. <laughs> right? right. And, it, like, and you're hanging around with Eric Hollander. Hollinger. Hollinger. Hollinger Holy shit. Yeah. Whose father was a doctor. That's who right. my father knew. Exactly. And Hollinger was a very a good drummer? friend of mine. He's a, a bassist and a guitarist, a but he played bass in my band Angry Babies way back. Was like, that like when you were in high school? We Yeah. Well, we started right after, like, Pretty much like end of high, like we were 18 years old. Because I remember that kid from a boat trip, like yeah. him and his family and my family went on uh, like Elephant Butte or Cochity or something. Yeah, I think yeah. his family had a boat. Is okay. that right? Yeah. So there was a little connection there. So Eric Hollinger. You, Eric you, Hollinger, I knew when he was dance. a little kid because yeah. his father, Joe Hollinger, was a doctor. Right. Exactly. And I think his yeah. mom was Swedish or something. No? Yeah. His mom, and sadly, his mom had died of a brain aneurysm when he was in his teens, and that really uh. messed him up. He didn't, that was, that was hard on him. Is he, he around? No. He passed away recently. He had gotten in a car accident uh -huh. many years ago. Yeah. Which caused some severe brain damage, and he was pretty incapacitated. Oh my god! Know, and it was really tragic story. In fact, I uh, I went to see him in the hospital shortly after. In Albuquerque, it was in Albuquerque. It was on his way from. He had moved to Arizona. He was moving back to Albuquerque. Got, yeah, but he got in this accident, and yeah, uh, and that was really just that was a rough one. We we. Uh, that's terrible. You know, I went and saw him in the hospital. It was, it was one of the first times. It was the first time I'd ever been confronted with that kind of thing. You know, like yeah. Something like, like that. Like he was Tragic. not he was not conscious? Yeah, he was just not he was conscious Kinda but he wasn't there. there. He was Ugh, very, that's very so damaged. fucking heavy, man. But that was the first band. But like I'm trying to like you grew was up it, in Albuquerque? I grew up there, you know, but I wasn't born there like uh uh uh, I we we moved when I was seven. So right. when I got when I was seven years old, we went out there. Uh, Both from, your folks? From, uh, yeah, from New York. Yeah, know? yeah. 
So, yeah, I, so you were there when you were seven. Because yeah. th- I'm just trying to think how, because like those days get kind of hazy to me. But I know that I was hanging around in, 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 at Frontier starting like, you know, and I, I used to work at the Posh Bagel. Oh, yeah. I so loved the that, Posh Bagel. That was right next to the guitar shop exactly. where I hung out every day after school. Right. So that yeah. must have been then. Yeah. Like, I wonder what happened. You remember Mike Wright? He's I around. just saw him a couple... In fact, he sat in with me at a show about a year and a half ago. How's his chops? Great, man. He's still... He's still... Uh, he's still got it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then they're like... Because I used to hang around the guitar shop, but I remember because I, I... Like, I could never really play, but I got good guitars, and I always wanted to be part of the guitar thing. So I always had them do work yeah, on my yeah. guitars, right? Yeah. So I remember my first guitar was a Telecaster... It must have been 1976 or 77, probably. That was my second guitar. The first one was yeah. like a Les Paul Deluxe copycat. But, uh, yeah, but that Telecaster. But I remember I brought it to them, and I had like Fritz yeah, Dommler, yeah. right? Yeah. He, <laughs> I had him paint, repaint it. It was a beautiful cream color. It wasn't the yellow, TV yellow, but it was like a, like a cream color. But I just yeah. wanted... So he painted I had him painted candy apple red, put a gold... <laughs> DiMarzio <laughs> pick guard on it and two fucking DiMarzio humbuckers. I it, I ruined it. Yeah, basically destroyed what, everything it was. <laughs> yeah, the integrity of the guitar. <laughs> you, then, didn't, you didn't know better. What are you going to do? No, and then I got an Explorer body and had them painted over there and I oh, stuck yeah. the fender neck on it and I took the, I don't know. Frankenstein, just, just to have them do stuff. Just yeah, so but could, I couldn't play. That was the saddest thing. It's like I was like, spending all this time over there and I never could really play. But you remember those other guys? You remember Bill? Wait, Bill Pogue, the oh guy who owned the place? Yeah, Bill, oh my God. He, they he, they called me the kid, and then Brian, there was Brian. Brian, the bass player. Yeah, yeah. Bri- and he yeah he worked the counter, and Bill owned the place. Yeah, Bill owned the place, Brian. Dave, Dave Stang. Dave Stang, man, he was yeah. the only uh, telly guy, yeah. And then there was uh, Jerry, and then- Jerry oh, Robrand. Jerry Robrand, That yeah. fucking car dealer. <laughs> yeah, <He's, laughs> that's right. Him and his big poodle haircut. Hey, yeah, man. Yeah, the poodle haircut. How like you doing, that. Did he do like the Jeff Baxter mustache for a yeah, while? Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, But then I went, it was so funny because like, I knew when I was growing up, and then when my parents, I, you know, I went to the Toyota dealer to uh, pick up a car, you know, yeah. before I went to college, and he was told it to us. Wow, he was a car really? dealer. He really was a car he dealer. He really got into car oh dealer. I just remember being, they called me the kid, Brian. I was, hey, they called the me kid. Bagel Boy. Bagel Boy. Oh, right. shit. I, rem- I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Posh Bagel Guitar Shop right there. Yeah. And then they would sometimes, I'd love getting stuff from the Posh Bagel or the Sandwich Shop on the left. But uh, Oh, but, yeah. Was that the little Greek place or yeah, whatever? Or I forgot what that was called, but... They'd always get the kids something, because I'd hang out all day, but I'd like polish the guitars, take out the trash. Oh, really? I'd earn my keep around there, and then uh, they'd grab me lunch, you know. Well, yeah, well, I remember like, uh, you know, it had that kind of a groovy kind of wooden front. You know, it was like clearly a a place built in the 70s and was somebody's vision. It must have been Bill's. But I don't remember him being able to play anything. He was kind of a (laughs) a drunky, hard dude. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, Steve Mays, I had to remember that and say that. Steve Mays. But, um... Which one was he? He was a guitar teacher there, and he's a great guy. That uh, we did a tribute to him recently. Me and Tim Pierce and Mikey Wright a couple yeah. of years ago with and his daughter. Yeah, uh, Lily Pierce. Really, uh, Mays. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I remember him too much. But you know, he was taught more of a in the teaching, back. Yeah, he taught in the back, so he wouldn't have been out in front, guys. So but do you remember, like you know, they had that Fritz Dommler guitar framed. Yeah, like the yeah. and it was like this ma- like this <laughs> piece of furniture that was all shiny in that back room. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Holy shit, yeah. man! But I. I just remember Mikey being this smart ass dick and you know he <laughs> he was like a little punk kid you know he was like too cool at that time you but know? he could play man you remember his band what was it called Traveler yeah, I, I remember him being because 
I was younger than him a few years, right? Well, you're you're like how old are you? Um, I just turned fifty-seven a week and a half. Right, ago. so I just turned fifty-nine. Yeah. So we were about two or three grades apart. I graduated Highland eighty-one. Right, and I would have graduated eighty-four if I hadn't gone to New York and then got expelled for fighting. Yeah. What? Yeah, that was another. That's another thing that happened. But I, I was defending myself. I, I wasn't a guy that wanted to fight. It was just, in New York. Yeah. This yeah. was in Syracuse, New York, though. Right. So you got expelled from Highland for getting in a fight in New York? No, no, I, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> we, They're we, really on top we, of shit. <laughs> we had moved to New York, or to, Sy- uh, yeah. to uh, Syracuse, and then I was doing my senior year there, and then I, I got expelled for defending myself against some asshole kid that you know was trying to fight me. This just so happens the principal caught it when I was grabbing the guy. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, so you look so. like the, the guilty one? Yeah. But, like, I'm trying to think, so, oh, so you remember all that shit, man. I mean, like, the posh bagel, posh Eddie. Yeah, Eddie posh Waxman. Eddie. Oh, wow, He yeah. died. This is some um, ancient um, Albuquerque shit. history here. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, around the corner, the general store. The general store. Get your t-shirts oh, and, your, and your pipes and bongs and yeah. underground comics. That's where I got my Black Sabbath t-shirts. Of course. And all the stuff, yeah. That guy's name was Mitch. Mitch, Mitchell, right. yeah, he was kind of a goofy dude, Mitch, and then there was Paul, uh, Paul over at Natural Sound. Yeah, I loved Natural Sound. Right, he was kind of a dick too, but he had pretty good records. <laughs> Everybody was kind of a dick then. Huh? Well, I mean, you know, record store owners. That was like a used record store shop. You, you kind know? of had to be. That was yeah. part of the criteria. I think I, just like if you're it's not so weird. Of... The only record I remember buying there was Lee Michaels' Fifth. Which has a, do you know what I mean? I just saw her yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just saw her, nothing to say. Do yeah. you know what I mean? That's that oh, guy. yeah, you bought that record I bought there. that there, yeah. I, yeah. It's the only song on the record, really. I mean, he did a cover of Lee Dorsey's uh, what, Yeah, Yeah. What but, did I buy there? God, there was all, they had all oh, the man, shit. I bought, you know what, I what? got there, I got three records I can remember. Yeah. I got Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes. Oh, there. yeah. I got Jimi Hendrix's Band of Gypsies used. It's the best record. And Derek and the Dominoes used. Really? Yeah. That, that. And that changed your life. Yeah. I was 11 years old. I got all those records. And Band of Gypsies is fucking the best record ever. Fucking it. What? I mean, come on. Right? Power of Soul, Machine Gun. What are you going to... How, how are but you going to... Like, just all stripped down. Like, you know, yeah. I like Axis, Bold of Love, as Love, and I like those, the those Electric Ladyland, but it's like, but that Band of Gypsies is like yeah. just a fucking <laughs> blues opera. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, and it's raw. It's just like live, just in you. And I mean, there's some real deep Yeah, that is just. Do, 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 do. What you is can't it? beat that. Power, that that's, that's power, power love. Yeah. When he comes in at the beginning, you oh, know. Yeah. That opening lick. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful stuff. So one time, I timed that lick perfectly. Like I used to, like when I was on an airplane. Yeah. Like when we were about to take off, I put that on Power Love on, just so like I could try to time that opening riff like right when the when the plane was like. I'm gonna try that on the flight to New Mexico. You tomorrow. should, dude. Yeah, it's the best. I'm gonna try I, that. Uh, yeah, one time I nailed it. So like I remember you running around, and you used to, in my memory you used to actually carry your guitar around out of the case. Is that possible? That did happen for a little while. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, early on, I didn't like, have it. It's literally like you're just ready to play when you're eating. Like, you're sitting at Frontier, you had the guitar like ready to go. I got, I was a little obsessed with that thing for a while. I mean, I'm, I guess I still am. But the thing is, at that time, it was really the thing I found that kind of uh, was like made things okay. I, yeah. I was like, wow, I have this now, and I yeah. can do this, and I really just want to do this all the time. So I just... T- what I kind felt, of guitar was that thing, the first one? First thing I got was just a nylon string just some piece of yeah you know, yeah knows. classical yeah yeah classical but then i saved up my dad had a my dad had a 12 string ovation which i also would mess around on but but that, with the curved back yeah the curved back one really way so back your old. dad played 
Yeah, my dad played guitar. You know, he's he's a great goldsmith by trade, but he played. He was in bands so, when he was young, and he played. He showed me some Beatles and Cream. so he's a jeweler. Yeah, still. Yeah, and and Taos. Yeah, Taos, New no Mexico. Shit. Him and my so, mom are out there. And doing what's your great. mom do? My mom is uh, God. She's done a lot of different things, but she's uh, she for a while was helping design this stuff and touring on the road with. They used to travel doing all these shows for the gold shows, and she had a store out there and she for does, the jewelry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's awesome. She does uh, she does all kinds of stuff. So some real hippie stuff. shit. Well, it's beyond. That. It's more like high. It's real like high end stuff, you know. It's but I like, mean, like your your upbringing, because I, I just uh, associate like he's making jewelry, he's living in Taos. Yeah, it was kind of like. It, we're pretty liberal and yeah. we're pretty hippie in a lot of ways, yeah. but just also very, in some ways, very uh, structured. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. And conservative. Not loud, like we weren't, you know, I didn't sit there and smoke weed with my folks. But no. They, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but they had a great record collection. I went, they had all the stuff, you know, that's yeah. where I got most of my, you know, they had the, everything. They had Dylan in there, yeah. in there and the Stones and the Beatles. And well, I heard on some of your records, there's like, you know, like there's one record where I'm like, oh, this is like you know, on that Gypsy record you made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one was that? Was uh, Well, there's, a, there's one called, uh, uh, is it all acoustic kind of? Yeah, but it was definitely kind of like it felt kind of Leonard Cohen-y. Little oh Jill-y. yeah, yeah, I like that stuff. It was probably Double Moon or Train to Salvation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Let's die forever together. Yeah, yeah. I was drinking. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there was some. There was some. been up and down, huh? Yeah, there's been some of that, but it's up these days. Well, that's you know? good. So, so let's let's try yeah. to pick up from where I left you. I, I guess the last time I saw you is probably when I left. Oh, for wait. college, what? I'm going to tell you. I did. I did run into you in the airport, but between then, that's how we, we exchanged numbers. Oh, but, but yeah. uh, the last time I saw you in Albuquerque was I remember it very clearly. You do? Yeah. It's in. It's, Why did I it's, do something shitty? No, it oh. was actually. <laughs> I know that's automatically where yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I must do? have done something terrible. Yeah. No, but it was. Uh, it was at the frontier, of course. Yeah, it was right. at the yeah, frontier, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're sitting there, and I remember the booth. It's when you walk in, yeah. the front door is on the left. Yeah. Uh, by the where the, you know, video games were. Yeah, at. yeah, the, yeah. The, no more of the video yeah, games. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so the first or second booth on yeah, the left. Yeah, we're sitting there, and you were telling me, I'm going to L.A. I remember you specifically telling oh, me, so- I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to L.A. You picked up a newspaper. And you were just riffing on it. You yeah. kind of took the headline and you yeah, said yeah. some shit. And you're yeah. like, hey, what? You? I'm like, yeah, that's good. And I just remember, yeah, that's funny. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that must have been after I graduated college and I came back. You and might you must have been. have been there, right. Yeah. And I was kind of like, you know, I was I was a little fucking full of the beans. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to go to LA to be a comic. That must have been yeah, that summer. Yeah, you were telling me that exact thing. I'm going to LA to be a comic. Yeah, and that then, must have been like, uh, yeah. like 80, uh, 81. I, I, like 86 87 something yeah, like that it might have been about right yeah. yeah so so like in the but like how what's what's the musical history because you're one of these guys where it's like you know I, you know I have obviously I have friends who know you musicians know you and you know you've been at it a long time yeah, and well. you've made a living at it but you're still fucking out there hammering away yeah it's still grinding and grinding, a lot, of, a lot yeah. of that um which I'm grateful to even have, you know, even having a yeah. career in this. I mean, that's. <laughs> but what, where so it started with uh, Eric and, and the first band was what? Because like, I remember like, because like I listened to your records the f- past few days, you know, 
and like you definitely like figured out all the styles but i remember when you were first starting it was like you were you know kind of uh you know like you're just like excited and you're playing yeah. just a very you, you were playing leads all the time but was, you didn't have a groove yet you know i was like kind of like just spa- spazzing spazzing yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't figured out like uh there wasn't a voice there wasn't a sense right of real, right like, right uh, it was just kind of like input a lot of input learning stuff wanting to do you know but, yeah so the first band was what well, I mean, the first like touring band that made well, no, in Albuquerque, out. like yeah, yeah the, the fuck off. Band. That was Albu. That was Angry Babies. I mean, I did stuff Angry before Babies. that. I probably don't, that I really probably wouldn't even want to remember. Do you remember that. some of those cats that were around in Albuquerque? Yeah, I mean, do you remember Steve Larue? Steve Larue, of course. He man. killed himself. Oh shit! Really? Sorry. He was one of the first things that I did. Like he had me record on something. I'd never done session. Really? It was like my first session. He was you know a weird, I mean? intense dude. He was a weird guy. Smart but I liked dude. Him. Yeah, he was really doing all. Him. He turned me on to so much shit. I, you know, budget records. Budget records. Budget. I liked going in there. Those right. guys would always turn me on to stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because there was that couple there that they were into like R and B. So like they used to like they gave me my first bunch of records. They had all these promos. Oh, yeah. That they didn't play in the store. Oh, wow. And I took them. Really? And in that box was Elvis Costello's first record. And this year's model? Yeah. Yeah. And Nighthawks. Like, that's where and, I heard it. I heard that album at budget. Really? Yeah. And and Nighthawks at the Diner, the oh, Tom wow. Waits Live. Wow. I remember like I remember those two. Wow. And then there was a guy there. You remember the couple I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, Black yeah. dude and, yeah. and that little uh, white lady named Ellen. I remember very well because yeah. I used to go in there all the time. He was like a smooth dude, that dude. Yeah, yeah. And she was like this a- aggravated little redhead. <laughs> and then and then there was that guy, Jim. Jim Regan. Oh, is he the guy that always said cat? I know this cat. Yeah, because he that was all guy. into the soul shit. He took yeah. me to his house and made me all the, these fucking t- t- uh, cassettes of yeah. all the old soul shit. Oh, yeah. And then LaRue was turning me on to Brian Eno, oh, yeah, The Residents. That was his thing. Fred Frith. Yeah, the weird shit. He would, take, John he would take my guitar part and then like make loop it or make it back or do something like it, make it backwards. So, right. So, you were tied in with those guys, Cle- uh, yeah. David Clemmer. Well, yeah. Because yeah. Clemmer sent me all this shit after LaRue died because I'd run into Clemmer somewhere because wow. La- LaRue just, he just, it was only in the past couple of years. Wow. And he sent me all this shit that, you know, they had, you know, like stuff. What was it? Lash LaRue? The Lash Philist- LaRue. That was the Philistines. The Philistines. Wow. I found that record, dude. See, this is like, that's the stuff, man. That was the that whole era. I was, I in was Albuquerque. Like 10 to 14, 15 th- at that time. Right, and you thought those guys were going to do it, man. Yeah, yeah, they were supposed the to The Philistines, I auditioned for them once, and Did I you? only knew like two songs. I knew, <laughs> like they came over to my house, and they were really kind of snotty. And, you know, I'd, all I could do was play Chuck Berry. And, and they're like, I don't think you're right for the band. I'm like, well, I tried, though. I tried. Hey, but that's a, that says something that you got to- I must have been in my teens, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I just yeah. couldn't. That's wild. So the Philistines, yeah. right? And Lash, you know, like Steve Larue used to be in, a, uh, in a, like a uh, a band called Jungle Red with oh, a guy yeah. named Greg. Then they only played like wow. twice a year. I just remember because they played at this, this is party. Up a lot of stuff. This is right, what? man. I had this yeah. old fucking Ibanez Les Paul copy that my brother was used to play, and Steve borrowed it, and he tied a he taped a baby doll's arm to it and just hit it with a stick or something. <laughs> and he was, it was like total art shit. Jungle Red. Oh, I love it. That's that sounds about right. Yeah. There's all those freaks who used to hang out there, yeah. man, at Frontier. Joel yeah. Peter Witkin, the oh, photographer. Oh, that's right, Joel Peter Yeah, and you know what? He, uh, I, I got turned on. There was, do you remember an artist, R.K. Sloan? Yeah. Because he, he became, I, I was a fan of his, and I wanted him to do my cover, mm. but he would but then I met him, and he loved my, the band, and he, yeah. we ended up being friends. I ended up moving in with him, right? Right. And he had all this, and he knew Joel Peter Witkin. He had right. all this shit in his house. Really? And, uh, like, because P- Joel Peter started in Albuquerque, but then there were all the guy, people in that zone 
known yeah. in that area that posed in those weirdo pictures. Yeah. Like there was this whole freak show art scene there. Yeah, like yeah. some kid, some guy named Neo Boy. Yeah, there was all uh, kinds. Uh, Ray Abeta. Do you remember Ray Abeta? He yeah. was a painter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all that stuff is like Judson. Yeah. Do you remember Judson Frondorf? F- from uh, was Judson the singer also? No, Judson. No. Maybe he did sing. Judson, though he was like a real art guy, but then he started a he was, band called Cracks in the Sidewalk. I maybe, thought, maybe big guy, weird looking yes, dude. That's him. Yeah, and yeah. He's still doing painting. He used to work at the Posh Bagel with. That's me. that's yeah. So this is kind of weird putting all this stuff together. And yeah. do you remember the Broadway Elks? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those guys were good. Wow, Frank McCullough's uh, kid, Mike McCullough, Frank Junior. Was it Mike? No. Frank McCullough was his father, who was a painter, right, and then Frank, his son then played guitar. Mike, right. And the other guy's name was Fernando or something. They used to play kind of that. Yeah, the Broadway. Oh, oh, oh no, it was Armando. Armando, right? Right, and they yeah. used to play that kind of like rockabilly-ish yeah, yeah. Uh, old In rock. In fact, I remember Armando for yeah. a while was dating Paula Blanchard then, but Paula O'Rourke, who became my wife later, and played with you know, and she moved to Athens, Georgia, for a while. Yeah. And she was so. This is like a connect. Louis, Louis Armando. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. We go by Louis sometimes. Yeah. But, I remember but, going down to yeah, that uh, um, El, El, El Madrid. Yeah. The El Madrid that they used well, to do like This those. is amazing you're bringing all this stuff up because it's leading to one thing and I haven't even thought about this stuff for uh, for years. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you got to put it together sometimes. Yeah. I remember you let me sit no, in with them once. That's wild. And it, yeah. it didn't feel great, but I felt all right about it. <laughs> um, so, all right, so yeah. you're playing in the angry what? Angry Babies. That was the thing that happened for a while. We did we did it well in Albuquerque. Yeah. You know, we kind of did a New Mexico thing, yeah. and we eventually made a record. We toured around and did that whole, you know, did the whole thing and got some opportunities that we, of course, uh, sabotaged. That's something I like. The Mutts. I'll, oh, yeah. Chris. Chris Jacob, The Mutts. I yeah. thought they were going to go. Didn't yeah, everyone was, thought they were going to go, right? They were supposed to be the thing, too, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we were all we were all going to be the thing. Yeah, you know, Bow Wow Records. Remember? Bow Wow, fuck yeah, Garrett Watley. Speaking of my ex, Paula, bass player. Yeah, she and Garrett Garrett moved to Albuquerque together from yeah. like Boston or something. He worked at Bow Wow Records. That mm-hmm. was his thing, and he would do all the shows down there. Yeah, and uh, uh, and Paula played in a band called Murder of Crows for a while with yeah. Junius Kerr. And but um, the guy I used to love my Bow Wow Records T-shirt. I, oh yeah! I, I wish I had. Remember with the dots with the yeah, spots. Yeah, I wish I still had. That right. Point. So all right. Yeah. So the so you sabotaged. What did you sabotage? Did you have a real well, deal? We, or we just had like you know we were doing our thing, but then we got like offers for a European tour, and then for oh, really? from like did uh, you guys records? You have records? We had a couple records, yeah. Um, and uh, then uh, Beavis and Butthead kind yeah. of found us and wanted to talk, <laughs> really? talk us about But th- we didn't have management, and one of us was bipolar. I'm an al- I was an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, you know how that goes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but we, you have records like, what it was. Um, what was the name of the band? Angry what? Angry Babies. But Angry I, Babies. I, I made a point of not letting anyone put them up on uh, They're still around? Uh, the, 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 the records? The records, yeah. There's some copies. I yes. think I found a couple CDs and cassettes. <laughs> you, and you've like you've, you've put put a you've put the kibosh on you yeah, know, yeah. putting that into the world. I found them in bargain bins in like Austin and other places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, hey, that's that was me. <laughs> that yes, was I me. can buy me for two bucks. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I see my books always end up there. Yeah. So yeah. so you were you were drunk and you had a bipolar guy. Yeah, you know, it was all a mess. And then, then my drummer was strung out in pharmaceuticals because he had carpal tunnel. We were a mess. We got, we just fell apart. But, yeah. But then what happened is uh, uh, I started this other band, Liar, in Albuquerque. Then we all went to San Francisco, and that was kind of that. Like, That's what Paula did. When did you get married? Uh, we got married in 2000, or no, I mean, 97. Oh, really? We went to San Francisco. She I was went, in the band? Yeah. A bass player. She had... Uh, 
introduced me to a lot of cool folks. She used to hang out with like the you know the REM B fifty twos, Widespread Panic, Athens, Georgia, oh, Athens kind people. of scene, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, and that's she kind of introduced me to some of those yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah. We kind of so liars go to San Francisco. Yeah. What year is that? And that was ninety five. That everybody ended up there, and we kind of uh, became kind of a thing in San Francisco. When did you know? I? I was there. Oh yeah, sure, man. I mean, I was there. Like, wasn't I? You might have been ninety two, ninety three. I was living like you know, I was living on South Van Ness and like twenty oh, third. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and then I moved to the Panhandle on Clayton Street. Wow, I lived in the Panhandle for a lot of my. Uh, lot of that time yeah because i was like i was doing comedy but i was going back and forth to new york and i think that was oh, like yeah because yeah, i was at the, in the competition yeah. in 90 i think uh, like 92 and 93 wow. i think in the comedy competition yeah, so I we're just missing each other but i wasn't doing much music wow yeah we would have barely just missed each other by a, a year or two. oh really yeah 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 so that would have been uh yeah, because I got there in 94, so... You playing at Slims and shit? We were playing at Slims and the Paradise yeah. and the Great American Music Hall, oh, yeah. the Night Break, Liars. the Bottom of the Hill, yeah. And you guys were, were happening? We got pretty happy. We got we won the Cal, you know BAM Music Awards. Yeah. We got, uh, started playing bigger and bigger shows, opening up for cool people, like going who? on tour. God, we, uh, who did we open for it there? We, uh, like, well, Cake, we used to do a lot of shows with Cake. We do Cake. stuff with... Uh, my drummer Paulo Baldi, who's in liar, ended yeah. up joining Cake for thirteen years. Also, but, really, uh, and then he, and Les Claypool. So I played with Les. You know, Paulo joined Les Claypool's band. Les Paulo did with Les. Yeah, as a bass player, Dr drummer. My so oh, you're Paulo, Paul, the drummer. Paulo, Paul. but yeah, that's the whole. Thing. So you play with Les. Yeah, and uh, that must have been a schooling. And, and he still does the Claypool Lennon experience. Thing, no, you know, I know. I talked thing. to to Sean. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's he's all right, man. Yeah, he's all right. I like so yeah. so like, were you writing all the songs for Liars? Uh, yeah. And singing? Yeah, yeah. And so what happened? Well, we were supposed to be this. Everyone was like, "Oh, the newest shoeing for success." Getting yeah. read, written up all the things. Yeah, everybody's live this, live that. Yeah, playing bigger places. Yeah. Everything looks great. <laughs> right as as it goes. Yeah, and then of course it all disintegrates because, and that you know I think part of that is uh, my friend told me I had a fear of success for hmm. one. Yeah, you know, and I could not understand what the hell he meant by that. Although now in retrospect, I'm, I understand a lot about myself that I do. Do you understand think. that thing? Because like some people say, yeah. fear of success and fear of failure is the same thing, and I can't quite put it all together. I, I yeah. don't like because when people say like, are you do you do you still stay do you stay, stay miserable just so you could be a comic? And it's like, <laughs> who would do that on purpose? You know, yeah. it's like if you have a fear of success, it's not like you're thinking about that. No, no. How do you identify there's that? No, and how do you think? How can you sit there and say to yourself? I don't want to be successful. No, I mean, it's like it's it's something deeper than that. And yeah. people throw that around like it's something you can be like, oh, thanks. I'll just stop that then. Yeah. The fuck is a fear of success? Maybe it's an insecurity. I don't sure. know. Sure. But I think it's just something, it has something to do with something that's not so easily definable. I mean, you can't just say- uh, Yeah, but it's like, you, you know, the truth is though, if, if all things line up for you, you know, yeah. you're you're and you're ready to go. You're going to go. Yeah, of course. But if all things line up for you and you're not ready to go, you're yeah, not yeah. going to be ready to go. And and that could, you know, that might not all be on you. It just sometimes it's just it's, it's almost uh, ca ca karmic or something. not karmic, yeah, but like you can't explain it. You can't. You know, the thing is, you're right because it's not that I don't like. There are things that I could have happened that right. didn't. And if they had happened, I might be dead now. So you that's know, right. Like yeah, that's the weird they thing. They weren't supposed to happen. Right. And, uh, so what, how did it all fall apart? What, what were you? Well, Lack of commitment on, on a couple band members, like they didn't want to go all the way in. You have to sacrifice things. Do you know how to, to do like, this? What do you stuff. mean? They had jobs? Yeah, you can't have that. <laughs> you know, and, and 
that you just can't you can't be going around trying to have a job and be in the you know anyway yeah, yeah. that's part of it you yeah know? and then I was had a kind of twisted sense of loyalty towards to people you know I mean I think some of my issues things that I've tried to kind of yeah delve into and work on in recent yeah. years like my people pleasing stuff whatever sure. things that that where I would, to my own detriment, right. uh, sort of uh, do things in order to pacify or please other people yeah. or work things out or compromise in ways that were not... You get dragged down in, in yeah, their, dragged in, down in in their, uh, in their uh, spiral of whatever. Exactly. Trying and, to, hmm. and then there was my own stuff, too, my own... You know, the boozy? Uh, yeah, the addiction stuff and my own... What, uh, was, your, what was your thing? So you, how, how fucked up were you? I mean, if you're still worrying about other people and uh, yeah, trying yeah. to keep a band together, you, you, you weren't see. the one that. Well, would... I was actually sober then during the during those years during the liars drinking, not like programs. So right. I mean, I did with some meetings, you right. know, stuff. But oh, I, but you got clean. But I wasn't. Uh, yeah, but I was. Like, I got four years. I had like four years, and it was a pretty good run. And then when things started to fall apart with the band, and me and Paula split up, and I, uh, I you lost, have kids, lost the house. No, you, oh, you had a house. Yeah, we had a house in San Francisco. Where at? Uh, right there on Lyon between Grove and McAllister. So right, Panhandle. Yeah, right. Pan, right. Nice, 1988, 1988 Victorian, beautiful oh, yeah. place. But, uh, 1888 Victorian or 1988? Yeah. Like old? Yeah, really yeah. really nice spot. And we used to have a real hub. We and you owned a it? Lot of, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. We had a lot of great times there. People would come through, yeah. you know. We'd have... Uh, George Clinton would come hang out and, you know, yeah. Mike Mills, whatever, or, you know, it would oh, just yeah. be like a really cool hub. Kind yeah, of. yeah. So it's kind of the, the jam house? Yeah. How'd you meet George Clinton? Because you played with him. Was that before The Liars or after? No, that was after. That was after, so, right after that band, right at the time that band broke up and Paul and I split up. We uh, So you lose the house, you're boozing again. Uh, right, right after that, I kind of started doing it, yeah. And then, um, but then George Clinton, through my friend, I had met him through my friend Gina Hall, who uh, uh, a few years before, yeah. And you know, we'd so we'd met, and I'd seen shows, and I yeah. sat in with him. But then one day, he's like, yeah, "Get on the bus, man." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. Was <laughs> he worried about you? I think he and George had a sense, like he could he could kind of read and like oh, saw you were lost with you, yeah, just yeah. like. Well, you know, you should just you should just get on the bus. Where do I send the checks? You know, and uh, and uh, <laughs> next thing I knew, without without warning, I'm in I'm in P funk, you know, <laughs> and it's just like you know, Lige Curry, the bass player, I'm 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 under him, and he's like, George George kind of you know tells Lige, can't watch out for Eric, just show him what the hell's up, you yeah. Know? Because I'm entering this whole thing that's this traveling circus. South, yeah, it's a traveling circus, a legacy. A whole. Uh, these guys have been doing this together for thirty years. At the time, who was still who was in the band from the original P Funk? At that time, when I was when I joined the band, of course George, and then there was uh, um, Billy Bass, like the first actual band yeah. member in Funkadelic, you know. Yeah. Uh, with George, right? Yeah. So he was there, right? And oh then, wow. Um, like Blackbird, Blackbird McKnight, yeah, oh, Kid Funkadelic himself, Michael Hampton, right? Yeah, he was in the band there. Um, and then some guys that were pretty long term, even if they weren't on the first few albums, you know. Like, so uh, you're like you're kind Raj. of like shattered, yeah, I'm personally, shattered. and you're on the bus with with P Funk, yeah, and yeah. you know, so at that point, what kind of music were the Liars doing? Really, Liar was more of a rock, it was a rock band. 
with a violin, right? So that Marisa. You like that shit, huh? That kind of gypsy. Yeah, yeah. I was into that stuff. So it was, yeah. a, but it was like Americana. It's like okay, at the yeah. same time, I'd become obsessed with Hank Williams and oh, Johnny yeah. Cash and all this. Oh, stuff. so country, uh, country. So they had thread. a country edge with this middle, like this sort of like gypsy thing, yeah. and the sort of like edgy rock with remnants of my punk rock path. You know, so it was kind of this. Uh, it had a. It was a kind of a cool sound and, and a kind of took off there people you know i thought it was a unique sound you know and do you make a record with the liars yeah we make two albums and uh anything uh anything happen i mean you know it was just some local record deals Mm. you know total file records you know and then uh you know it's like we were kind of a big deal around the bay yeah but then you know in touring and maybe had a few good spots but nothing happened because we we didn't have the right management. We yeah. didn't have the right, ba- you know, we didn't do anything right. I mean, I didn't really have a great business yeah. sense. And, Who does? Uh, and um, I just didn't know how to follow through and make the things happen. You know, yeah. we had, you know, sure Don was came to a show and he was all into it. And we had record labels call, but I, I couldn't, I also had this attitude. I mean, I had a real thing about, you know, you know, that, that fuck. Which one? I do, th- you know, this whole thing. I'm not the next Lenny Crab. And everybody always wants to package you and put you oh, in. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, or I'm put me, you in, man. pigeonhole you and yeah. put you in this place. That, I'm me. I'm like, I'm unique. I'm Eric McFadden. I'm not Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. I'm not this guy. You don't know. put me in a box. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like. Uh, Lenny Kravitz don't have a violin in his band. <laughs> yeah, so who do you think you're talking to, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that, you know, but things. I don't know. It was just. I think I was de- really depressed when when you're told by everybody around, and it looks like you're going to be the big thing, yeah. and it doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, it's crushing in a way. It's more than just yeah. ego. It's just your whole soul and your whole yeah, being. Yeah, because you don't have any control over it, and all of a sudden yeah. you're out. Yeah, and just, you're on the bus it. with George Clinton. Yeah, and then you're on a bus with George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know what? Hey, they take. I don't have to think about much. They the hotels are paid. You I just, like that he he, you know. he probably was sort of trying to help you out. Yeah, I think he was just like you need you need some direction. You got to do something. Now you join, and you know he really got into my. I was playing mandolin. I remember at a recording session, he came. He asked me to. He called me on the phone. I remember getting the call. Like, yeah. George Clinton's calling me on the phone. Yeah. Okay, wow. And so he want, you're playing mandolin for P-Funk? Well, well, he was like, yeah. At first, because he had heard me. You know, we'd known each other right before this, and I had sat in with him. Right, so yeah. we kind of had a, but. He invited me to, he wanted to go into the studio. Went yeah. to the studio with this mandolin because he, he heard me playing this thing. He got really excited. He's yeah. like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know, just a riff. He's like, let's get those mics on. So we start playing this thing. And and then he decides, hey, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing Gypsy Woman over that, you know, the song. And I'll do my own version with using that riff of yours. Yeah. So it ended up on this album. And then... Uh, you know, so we, I ended up being the first and only mandolin player in P-Funk. <laughs> and I would have run it through the wah-wah pedal and a Q-tron and a distortion yeah, yeah, box and yeah, all this. Yeah. And then eventually I was kind of playing like guitar half the time. And then, How long were you with them? I guess about four years. Really? But then I rejoined the band in 2016 for a European tour. He asked me to come back to do that. How long was that? That was like a, maybe a month-long tour. And then we did a few shows in the States. Chicago. So you, do, you had to learn all the classics? Yeah, all the stuff, all the hits, all the classics. And then uh, George, he played on a couple of my records. He made an appearance on a couple of my albums as well. And uh, you know, so how's he, he doing? He's doing great, man. He's doing because you know he got clean a while. You know, for he cleaned up like ten, twelve years ago. Yeah. And uh, was Bootsy ever around? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Bootsy came to a couple shows. Bootsy but he didn't wasn't like to in travel. The band at the time, yeah. but then, but Bernie Worrell joined the band again for a little while, and him and I became really close. He's and, great, and he ended up joining touring with me and my band for a while as really 
Yeah, we really hit it off, man. And he was just a brilliant, wonderful guy. So with my Eric McFadden trio, with yeah. the greatest stand-up bass player in the world, James Whiten. Yeah. You know, we would do that. Who is it? Is you, James Whiten, and, and Bernie? Uh, and Bernie and no the drummer, drummer and oh, Paulo oh, yeah. Baldi. Uh, sometimes, sometimes Jeff Cohn. Sometimes uh, I didn't know, listen to those Kevin ones. What Cross. kind of was that? Like what? What was the the drive of that? That that was my favorite. I think of the albums I've put out in the past. The Eric, the trio stuff was my favorite with yeah. James White. You know, and that was like uh, pretty high charged uh, stuff live. Was it, it was really exciting. What was it? Know? Funk. No, it was more like it was rock. It yeah. was a rock band, but you know, it got funky at times. But it was a rock band, you know. Because I listened to like what I listened to the other day, the the blues record. Oh, that pain by yeah. numbers. Yeah, yeah, that was like a live in the studio. Tab and Wah produced it, you know, and play, played a little. Pain like, by numbers. Yeah, I thought that was good. Oh yeah, all good. I'm yeah, glad man. you like. Okay, that one was coming straight out of the toxic uh, hellfire relationship I'd been in before. Oh, that's when that happens. That, you know, I love it. You know, you, you know, people throw the word narcissist around pretty loosely sometimes, yeah. but I think it applies pretty good to her. Yeah, but I'm, I don't want to get into like you any sure bashing. You sure it wasn't borderline personality? Just no, like... actually, you know what? Thank you. That's actually more what I believe actually yeah. was the case, especially from reading up on it yeah, quite yeah. a bit after yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough ride, dude. I've been on that one. It was a very difficult ride. It was it was uh, agonizing, and I and I took it was hard to get out. And uh, yeah. the day that I got, I had to actually escape, and I had, the day that I left, I flew to New Orleans and started that record, and uh, some of the songs <laughs> on it. You had to escape? Yeah. Because yeah. like guys like you, and I have it too, where if you're like, if you have any people pleaser in you, which, which yeah. I don't necessarily think I did until I got into that relationship, yeah. you don't realize how codependent you are until someone manipulates you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was like, I was like, wow, I learned a lot about myself through that. That's Stuff right. Stuff I would, wouldn't ever want to. Well, dude, just been, the weird thing you know. is, is like all of a sudden you don't feel like you have any choices. Yeah. And it's like, why is that happening? And you Because you would think, and like if you saw that happening to someone else or if somebody told you you were going to be- Your friends aren't going to tell you'd you. You'd be like, no. They're not going to tell you to after you're out and they're like, we no. knew it was bad news. Like, well, well where the and fuck? And you just let me- uh, Yeah, because yeah. they don't think you'll listen and they're probably right. Yeah. They're either that or they don't want to like uh, alienate you or Get, like- Right, right, you know, right. What are you saying about my, you know, yeah, yeah fuck yeah. you, man. Yeah, well, you're not my friend anymore. So that's a so that's pure booze album. Yeah, it sure was. And it was, uh, I'm really glad, you know, could be the worst, it may have been a dark period, which it was. It was a very dark period. Yeah. But, uh, but like, really, now I've got kind of the best situation, I mean, a better situation than I could have imagined, because now I'm with this, you know, brilliant, uh, compassionate, intelligent, creative human being that is beyond what I could have ever expected. Kate? You know? Kate Vargas. Yeah. yeah. Who's, you know, just a brilliant musician. You know, we started the, a thing together yeah. over the pandemic when we were locked down, Sergeant... Sergeant Splendor. Right? Oh yeah, I watched a video of that. It's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's hard to define what it is, but it's good. Yeah, it is. What do you call it? It's kind of got a mix of dance and a mix of. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard some... to say. It depends on the song. Like we just did a second album, which is kind of different than that first one. I mean, yeah. some people uh, in the reviews were saying like, like this alt funk desert roots was one Interesting. thing. Sometimes it's like this. It's it's kind of like Kate comes from a thing which she's very like. Uh, you kind of coined, somebody coined junkyard folk, but she's got, she's very much from the school of uh, like Tom Waits, Leonard yeah. Cohen. She uh -huh. loves Nina Simone. You yeah. know, it's like, 
and her stuff is just really gr- brilliant lyrics and really kind of edgy but funky. yeah yeah and so we kind of it's her thing with my rock and punk and the blues background and so but this thing's more nice it's just kind of who knows what you having fun it's yeah like, yeah uh, well i mean we'll see i think yeah. that's sort of what i noticed with a lot of the work is that you know you're kind of an explorer and you know yeah. you're in a business where they want you to be in a box yeah, you're right, exactly. You so, know what I mean? That's always kind What of are you, man? They want to know, and they yeah, want to yeah. know now. That's sure. been my problem same, since same the 90s. They've been asking that, so, uh, you know. I well, guess. yeah, same with comedy. Like, you know, I was angry, and they were all like, you're the cranky guy. I'm like, no, I'm actually really angry, <laughs> and <laughs> I have no control over it, so talk to me in 15 years. And yeah, we'll see I'll... how it's going then. Yeah. <laughs> it takes time. Yeah. But after the after the the first run with Clinton, where you end up? In another rock outfit? Uh, well, that was uh, I was uh, doing that alongside uh, the Eric McFadden Trio or EMT. Okay, so that's how many records you put out with them? We did three. Yeah, and uh, I'm really proud of those. I like those records. Yeah. You know, I think they still. You know, there's records that I wish uh, I could have done better or hadn't done at all. But I think so. The which what are the names of the rock and roll trio records? Or the uh, Eric uh, the, McFadden. The first trio? one is Diamonds to Cold. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Joy of Suffering. Yeah. And then um, uh, uh, Delicate Thing. Okay. Yeah. Those are all the, with the trio. Yeah. And so there's different drummers, and they're all great drummers. Uh, right. But James Whiten is always on the bass. He's an extraordinary- I just uh, interviewed Ron Carter. Oh, wow. Talk about bass. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a right. guy. Right. Wow. You, you've got some great people in there. I, I, I try to listen once in a while, yeah. too. You know, but it's hard to pick. I'm like, fuck, who should I look? You know. Sure. But Ron Carter was interesting. Yeah. He's I'm, like the guy. I might have to check that one. Yeah, out. yeah, he's a sweet guy, smart, yeah. and you know he's all there too. Yeah. So these other ones, though, like uh, "Let's Die Forever" together. You know, I like a lot. Uh, but that's not a trio record. No, it's not. That's just sort of it. That one's more, a little more low key. It's like uh, cellos, accordions, acoustic guitar, upright bass. Holy um, shit! You know, a little more. Uh, yeah. Uh, that tip. You know? And what? What, what happened? How, where are you at with management and stuff, and with labels now? Uh, right now, we're doing the uh, the last record is on Terminus Records. Great guy, at label, uh, just guy Jeff Rance from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. And I've the, heard this of that. new album, though, we've got this, uh, a, a friend put uh, starting a new label, a guy that we really believe in, and it was awesome, and has some. This is uh, you and Kate. Yeah, the, the new Sergeant, album. What's the name of the band? Sergeant Splendor. Okay. Yeah. So we just did an album with. Paulo Baldi on drums and Michael Urbano. And, well, so, uh, but yeah. after, how do you, like, you know, so what are you doing out there, man? I mean, it's like, you do you do, you do a lot of studio work? I've been doing some studio work, yeah. I've been also getting in there and doing that. I just... Uh, like, who are you playing with? Like, as far as studio work goes? Well, just like, you know, like, how are you making a living? Just hammering it out on the road? There's been so much different stuff. I mean, you know, there's been some session work I've got. Yeah, you that's know, what I where mean. Where you get to just send some tracks, and I'm doing this... Uh, um, speaking of the latest thing, is actually a Bernie Worrell kind of album. Yeah. He's passed, but he's got his wife, and in conjunction with some uh, other people, are putting this thing out. So I'm going to be on that. It's going to be Leo Nocentelli, oh, yeah. Stevie Wonder's yeah. on it, all kinds of cool yeah. people. But uh, so we do a lot of the session stuff, we do a lot of road work. Yeah. But I've also, I get hired, so I'm always doing my thing, but often I'll jump off. Do Anders Osborne or Eric Burden and the Animals? Wait, you, wait, when did you tour with Eric Burden and the Animals? The first at 2005 to 2007, then I rejoined uh, 2013 area. How the fuck does that happen? Like, how are you the guy <laughs> that you know Eric Burden decides? Actually, that that that, that happened from. Uh, so much. So What's he what, like? Ninety? How old is that guy? He's like right now 70s? about eighty-one. I think. Okay, eighty-one. And you know, you know, Wally, I was telling you about it, friend yeah. Wally Ingram. So, um, 
you know, him and I were on tour with yeah. Paul, and Paula uh, was playing bass with us for a Paul, was, your ex-wife. A, yeah, for this is well after we've split up, but we're still friends. And okay, we, and we uh, were playing together, and one of the shows is in Joshua Tree, and at the time, you know, Eric was living there. Wally's got a place there, and Eric came to the gig. Yeah. And he was loving the show, and he was like, "Man, I, this is this is cool." And it was the thirty-fifth anniversary of Jimi Hendrix's death, so we made Eric Byrne come up and sing a Hendrix tune. And then um, how'd that go? It was great. It was amazing. He can still belt it out. He belt. He's killing it. I mean, he's still, really. When I was touring with him, he was great. He was still hitting that high A in House of the Rising Sun, and, uh, and really, uh, doing great. And yeah. And, uh, you know, two weeks later after that gig, I get an email asking if we'd be his new band. He basically hired me, Wally, and Paula all at once just to be the band. So, And then his old buddy, Red Young, on keyboards still. So we went out and toured all over the place, Europe, States, this and that. When you go on tour with Burden, like how many dates are you doing? Well, when we, we would hit it pretty hard. You know, we'd stay out and just do... On uh, a bus? Yeah, on a bus, yeah. So the European dates, you know, would be pretty... Um, and is that good bread? Yeah, I mean, it was better than I was used to making, do, you know, it was consistent. I mean, I think part of it was I didn't have to book hotels, I didn't have to book gigs. And P-Funk to, 2 was pretty con- consistent? Yeah, so it's like, uh, it's good money in a sense, but it's not so, it's like, I, I make that much money at my gigs most often, yeah, you know? right. But I think the thing is, I'm not having to take any risk and I'm not having to do take handle logistics. And you just stuff, get on the know? bus and they got a road yeah. manager. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's a lot less stress and a lot less pressure and... uh and it's a great experience. You know, you get to play with these guys, hear their stories. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I, I really like doing it. I like being a side Do you guy. earn like, tricks uh, on the guitar? Well, yeah, they always challenge you to do something different because yeah. everybody has different uh, demands, whether it's Keb Mosing playing Open G or whether it's Eric right. Burns, they learn to play slide or, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Is that how you learn? Yeah, because I, I didn't play slide. And he's like, well, what do you play? The, oh, that's open. What do you use? Open G? Well, it depends. You know, like with, with Burden, I would have one guitar. I had this old Gibson. Yeah. Uh, um, arch top that I would keep tuned sometimes to a, an open G or an open E or something. Yeah, and then um, but sometimes I just play it in the standard tuning. What's he use? What songs he used for slide on? A lot of at that time that I was first started playing with him, he had a record out called Soul of a Man. Oh, and uh, there's a lot of slide playing on that album. So. The old animal stuff we were doing, not so much. What'd but, you do? Like, it's my life and Yeah. Life. Well, we did that one. Yeah, we did- uh, House of the Rising Sun? Of course, House of the Rising Sun had to do it. Don't Which Let Me Be a... Misunderstood. Oh, yeah, Don't Let Me uh, Don't Bring Me Down. Yeah. Um, we do a little bit of war stuff, Spill the Wine, sometimes Tobacco uh, Road, you yeah. know. Uh, Spill the Wine. Yeah, it, would be, it was cool, yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed enjoyed doing that. Who taught you, like, when, on the road, though, like, you know, well, how, what, how do you know Jackson Brown so well? Well, my friend Pat McDonald, who's uh, he's one of my closest and oldest friends, and yeah. he was in a band called Timbuk Three in the eighties. You know, I remember Timbuk Three. Future so bright, I got to wear shades, right? I remember Timbuk Three was on tour, and they were playing. The last show was in Albuquerque, yeah. or something. And uh, but they, but Pat had stayed uh, in Albuquerque, and he was at he was actually at the Dingo Bar in Albuquerque, and he and at the night the night that uh, my. W- Paula's band, Paula O'Rourke's right. band was playing. Murder yeah, Crows yeah, yeah. doing a reunion. This right. Summer of 95. And so I meet Pat there. The, my friend Miguel, who owns the Dingo, introduces me to Pat. And uh, we kind of talk, blah, blah, blah. A, a month later, Liars on tour. We're yeah. playing in Austin. And who's opening solo? Pat McDonald, right? Okay, yeah. So we all really, he loves the band. We all love him. Whatever, we go to his place. Yeah. Go to the studio, record a couple tracks. Yeah. And then... Um, 
that just turns in. And then he comes to San Francisco, ends up staying with us every time. We right. just develop a friendship. Yeah. And like fast forward, him and I are, Paul and I go to Spain, stay with him. We st- end up having a, uh, I go to Spain regularly. We start touring and so forth. We start the legendary Sons of Crack Daniels, which was our like little side thing. Yeah. So, uh, but, and he starts. So that's kind of, oh, so this is where it goes. In yeah. Barcelona one time. Yeah. I had met Jackson through uh, Pat. Jackson let me and Paula stay at his place yeah. in Barcelona. And Jackson's uh, got a place in Barcelona? Yeah, quaint, cool little spot. And um, and then after that, we just kind of, you know, we'd come to the gigs here and there. We just started talking. Yeah, and, yeah. And because uh, it's been, that's been like 20 years now, right? So, um, but he also was part of the Steelbridge Song Fest that Pat founded oh, right, right. at the festival. So yeah, yeah, yeah. him and Jackson, they bought... And Wally are all investors in the uh, Holiday Music Motel in Sturgeon wow. Bay, Wisconsin, yeah. where these festivals were founded. <laughs> so, right? It's so, so funny. It's like, it's like a uh, million different things. I know. It's all these things connect in these, these uh, strange ways. So that's kind of how Jackson is linked through basically Wally and Pat. When Kate, Kate and I made uh, her album, the, yeah. the latest Kate Vargas album, yeah. Rum Pumpa, was we, the, we were supposed to record it in New York, and then the yeah. pandemic hit. We ended up going to Malibu after a few months to stay with friends. Her producer, it turns out, moves 20 minutes away from New York. We do a record, but she doesn't have her guitar, right? Because it's in yeah. New York. Who? Uh, uh, Kate? Kate, right? Yeah. So Jackson loans Kate one of his, because he's the only guy that's got a cool old Gibson similar to comparable to Did you give, you give her one of those FJNs, one of those weird ones with the flamenco pick guards with the fat <laughs> neck? Have you seen those? There's a, no. I have, I have one of those, and he buys all of them. There's only a couple of people that play, and they're kind of hard to find. They only met him for a few years. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, she, it was just more like an old uh, late 60s Gibson kind of thing. J45 or something? Yeah, like she had a, what's hers, a B50, uh, 60. Oh, I got was it, it acoustic? I, yeah, acoustic, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so he lent it to her? So he lent it to her, and it was like this everything coming together. We couldn't make the record because we're in Malibu, and the yeah. producer's in New York, but then he moves to- uh, down the street, down the street. And you go and recording Jackson's, Jackson's there, and he's got the record the guitar. That in Long Kate Beach, needs. does he? Did you go record at his place? No, Where we it? did it. No, we did it at the Charles Newman's place. Her producer. Yeah. Oh, isn't like Jackson's place is just on the west side there, yeah, in Santa Monica it's a, it's or somewhere. It's a great spot. That's where we got the guitar. Oh yeah, know, yeah, but, yeah. It's um, nice over there. Yeah, I'd like to do some recording. I never actually recorded in this place before. No, no. But you talked to him. Yeah. You guys are still pals? Yeah, just two days ago he told me, I said, I'm coming to talk to Mark. I just listened to your interview. Yeah. He said to say hello. So I'm, He's all right. Yeah, he's great. It's so weird, man. These cats who, you know, like that everybody knows because of like you know, like a few huge records and a few great songs. Yeah, yeah. They just never, they're just like, they're, they're, they're dug in yeah, to I your mean, brain. You cannot get away from, I mean, just like, those are like, uh, you know. And like that Jesse, uh, Jesse Ed Jeff Davis. Davis. Wow, that solo on Dr. My Come Eyes. Come on, Get out of here. And he, he told me it was one thing. He just yeah, right. knocked it out. <laughs> yeah. my, that's a great solo, man. My dad would sometimes bring that solo up. It's like, that solo in Dr. My Eyes. I got those Jesse Ed Davis uh, solo records. There's like two. Oh, yeah. And they're great. But uh, so, and also, like you did these, when you did the acoustic uh, ACDC record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that just like for fun? Did you think it would sell? What's the idea there? Because I've heard people do acoustic versions of ACDC songs, but you did the whole record, basically. Yeah, yeah. And what, what was the angle? You just <laughs> wanted to do it for fun? Well, it was fun. I wanted to do it, but it wasn't even my idea. Well, here's the thing. There's yeah. this French label, Bad Reputation. Okay. I've, and I've been working with them off and on for years, and, and uh, 
he, they've put out some of these albums that are, you know, like Devil Moon and, yeah. uh, you know, a few of these. I'm doing one Your records. for them now, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but he loves the idea. I did a tribute album like 12 years ago. He said, would you just do a covers album? I'm like, yeah, why not? It's yeah. fun. You sure. Know? So we did everything from The Clash to Dylan to yeah. Stones, whatever, you know. Yeah. And then um, uh, he wanted me to do a rock. He says, it has to be, I want you to do a cover album. But just all one band, but somebody that's like a yeah. well-known, really well-known, legendary yeah. rock band that's not at all known for acoustic stuff. Yeah. Like, it can't be Zeppelin, because they did a lot of acoustic. Something that's sure. so not acoustic. Yeah, that, yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I get it, yeah. So, HCDC uh, is what we came up with, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, I th- and I'm like, I love that. Sure. A big part How of my childhood. How get that I- like I'm beating around the bush? Like, I, I can't figure that out. Is it easy? Oh, man. Is it's it not, easy? It's not See, easy. That's that's the thing. It's easy's relative to your skin, you know. Well, dude, you? like I just like you know, like I was listening to "Can't You Hear Me Knocking." Yeah, and there was like, and you know, there's a turnaround on that when he goes to the open G, and there's a riff like like, and it was like. Like when I listen to a, a recording of it isolated, I'm like, well, how yeah. is he doing that? But then when you get onto the open G thing, it's like it's right there. Yeah, yeah. But like beating around the bush, I think at different points in my life, I've tried to. It, it's so fast, and you play it on the acoustic record even faster than <laughs> than Angus is playing it. Yeah, because I really wanted to have that, that sort of like. Where's that come from? Wait, is that, is that that's you? probably me? Because I'm always. Uh, no, this time it's not. I don't know what's going on. Oh shit! It's my oh, phone. Oh, there. See, it's my dad it, it was calling you from New time. Mexico. All right. No. Say hi to dad. Yeah. He won't remember. So. <laughs> I wanted to have that real like hooting and stuff. So it had to be I know. A so you were jamming it faster. You do yeah. like countryed it up. Yeah. So you bluegrassed it up, beating around the yeah, bush. Yeah. Had to do that. You know, had to do that. How long did you, but you had to work that riff out. It was hard, you, you right? You know what? I had, I had that riff from way back, you know. Oh, because I mean? you learned it when you were a kid? I've been playing that one since I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. such a great one that no one, there's a couple of, de- like, uh, that one, Being Around the Bush is, like, great. That's from Highway to Hell, I think. Yeah, it is. And then, yeah. uh, but there's some ones that, like, like that people don't really know or play, like Gone Shooting. Yeah. Like, no. I can't even figure out that riff, and it's, like, three goddamn notes. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm bad at figuring shit out. When That's why I got to start just being, you know, not being ashamed. Just go to YouTube and fucking find it. Yeah, just do it. Or I can, you, know, you and I can just work on it <laughs> after this. We can you know Gone Shooting? I don't know it. I've never played it. So, oh, but we could learn it. It's easy, it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll figure it out. You don't yeah. have to give me guitar lesson. <laughs> but then you did an Alice Cooper one too, right? Yeah, that was also the same label. So we did that. And that was- Alice uh, Cooper covers. Yeah. But he actually did, almost all his songs are pretty songs. I know. Isn't that kind of crazy? You, you <laughs> but yeah, because like he was like best friends with Bernie Taupin. Yeah, right. And so, they used to write songs together. Like he'd do this like rock and roll theater thing and they have a couple of yeah. big rock songs, but they were all ballads and he pretty had, songs. Like, yeah, chord changes and oh, stuff. Oh, dude, like, like uh, Only Women Bleed? I mean, what the fuck is that? That's yeah. Alice Cooper's song. Yeah, crazy, right? People think of him as this like, oh, he's just some crazy shock rock or metal guy, but like he's actually like... Uh, Far more than that. I mean, that, that, yeah, that, that hardly defines him at all. Yeah, know? no, yeah. it's just that's just his, his clown. Uh, that's his circus act. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, underneath it, he's just a song guy. You know? So where you go from here, man? So you've got all these records out, but the new project that you're kind of like excited about is Sergeant Splendor with Kate, right? Yeah, Kate Vargas and I are doing that, and we're really, you know, next year we'll be a lot of touring coming up. We're doing some festivals, you know, Bottle Rock and John. You got Tree a fan and, base? Do I? Yeah. I got a fan base. I mean, yeah. I, it's not like uh, it's not like uh, uh, 
you know, Van Halen or no, Madonna. Of course, fans. yeah, me neither. Yeah, but but you, can, you can sell a few tickets. Yeah, but we can get, you know, people will come. We yeah. have enough of a fan base to have a career. And but Kate's got her fans, I got mine. And, Great. And so hopefully we can combine them and, yeah. uh, you know. And, and uh, keep making new kinds of music. Keep making stuff, you know, that's yeah. the thing. It's like we got... I mean, that's what I like to do. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to stop doing that. Well, I mean, I know. think that's sort of what yeah. you like, you know, the reason you keep going is it seems that you enjoy, you know, constantly creating new stuff that's not, you know, hinging to anything specific. Yeah. You're you're free to do that. Whether it's a career you want to have in terms of financially or notoriety, uh, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, and I like that idea. I like yeah. doing whatever the fuck I want. And I mean, everybody would ideally wants to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately. Yeah, but, yeah. But we make sacrifices and compromises for other reasons, you know. Yeah. Like either people are willing to sell a little bit of their soul to, for a little bit sure. of this or that. Sure, and, and I'm not saying I'm above that, yeah. you know, entirely. I'm just, just, uh, he's putting out that, he's putting that out there, folks. He's willing yeah. to sell a little bit of his soul. Just a little. Not much. If the price is yeah, right. Yeah, right. But maybe like, you know, if, uh, if it, <laughs> an instrumental track under a commercial would be okay. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Mark. That's a, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I Seventeen to like twenty five percent of my soul, no more. Yeah, than yeah, that. that's it. That's all I can afford. <laughs> well, it's great seeing you, man. It's great talking to you. Yeah, it was a real pleasure, Mark. I'm glad. Uh, I, I appreciate you inviting me down here to have a have a chat. You feel good? You feel like it was thorough? We think you did all it's right. It's never thorough. There's so much more to talk about. Is there all like the what? Time. What do oh, we got? No, no, what do we miss? No, no. I mean, there's you know. <laughs> 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 all right, maybe I'll make you show me some licks. Yeah. That was Eric McFadden. Well, that was fun catching up, right? Learning about a guy I knew when we were kids. You can go to ericmcfadden.com to uh, to get up to speed on all his upcoming shows. And it's also where you can watch his Monday night show, Live from the Red Couch with Kate Vargas. And look, uh, hang out for a second, will ya? For Full Marin subscribers, we've got another archive deep dive where Brendan and I pick an episode out of the archives and get into all the details, the backstory, and the stuff that's happened since. This week, it's episode 161 with Joe Rogan. You guys, you and your writing team wrote a show, an episode of Marin for IFC that involved Joe. In fact, the title of the script was The Joe Rogan Experience, and he was... Play, supposed to play himself. He had agreed to play himself. Uh, uh, Red Band had agreed to come on as like the, his sidekick. And then I think he saw the script and he bailed, which was interesting because you then changed the script to uh, CM Punk and Colt Cabana, the yeah. wrestlers. Yeah. And it didn't change much. So it was in, it's interesting that he had such a problem with how he was portrayed in it, where, you know, I remember him saying like, this makes me look like a bully. It didn't really, and we took everything in that script from things he actually said. It was right. you know there was it was a guy who was kind of spinning the yarns. You know the, there was a little bit of conspiracy in there, a little bit of aliens. You know the stuff that Joe talks about or did at that yeah. time. Right. But we literally almost took all of it verbatim, and he said, "This makes me look like a clown." And I'm like, "You said all of that." If you want to subscribe for full Marin bonus content and access to all WTF episodes ad-free, go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF Plus, or go to the link in the episode description. And while you're in the episode description, you can click the other link to submit a question for next week's Ask Mark Anything episode. Next week on the show, we've got Ben Foster on Monday and Colin Hanks on Thursday. I am digging this sound. I've used it the past three shows. This is a big old 335 plugged into a little old 1953 Deluxe. 
cranked up basically and i think it's i think it's i think it's where i'm at it's definitely where i'm at right now whatever the fuck this tone is Monkey, La Fonda, Cat Angels Everywhere. 